with you still standing, uh, I want to just let you know about uh, Chris Hart. And uh, he's, a, he's a very good friend of mine. And uh, you were about to have your face blown off uh, because he charges hard. But uh, Chris is a pastor. He's an entrepreneur. He's a businessman. Um, all for the sake of the kingdom. And uh, he works with a lot of pastors all around the nation, all around the world. Uh, I met him, a, uh, I think, last year, a year and a half ago or so. And uh, we became fast friends because we are both intense people. And uh, so intensity runs with intensity. And I can tell you my life is better uh, because of this man's voice in, in my life. Uh, he cuts no punches. He wants his church to be big. He wants the church to be bold. He wants leaders to be fierce. And he wants leaders to be holy. And he, wants, and he loves what's happening here in Salt Lake City, Utah. He helps with missions all across the world. And uh, he'll talk a little bit about that because our church has worked with their missions organization. He's just a man that I love so much. And so would you do me a massive favor? Come on, can we put our hands together? And can we welcome Pastor Chris Hart as he comes to bring the word to us today? Good morning. Man, good to see you. How about being at church this morning? How about that? Come on now. I'll tell you what, if I could sing, we'd go right back into hell, hell, line of Judah. Come on. Just the, all of it. But I can't, so we're going to let those guys do that. But here's what's about to happen. I want you to set a little expectation because you, you came this morning. That was your step. And here's, here's what we get to do with God. We take a step towards God, and you know what God does? He's been looking at saying, son, daughter, that's all I needed. That is all I've been waiting for. I am your father, and I'm here for you today. You have unbelievable pastors. Your response is the proof that you know that. But I'm telling you, the humility that you walk in, the wisdom that you walk in, and the authenticity that you carry into everything that you do is what the body of Christ needs right now. So, I'm gonna humbly ask that everybody in this room levels up because we have a unique opportunity with unbelievable leadership, spirit-led leadership, to change a city, to change a state, to change a nation. And that, that's where we're gonna go. So I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm saying nice, happy things right now. But we're gonna prove it in the word, but you know what I'm saying is true because you've seen the character of your pastors. And I'm just telling you, God, God looks at that and he says, oh, wait a minute. How about, how about some amazing God-given ability with some God-given favor that's been submitted to the king, now there's nothing impossible. So here's what's amazing for you as a church. You get to walk in that anointing. That's, that's what this is. That's, that's who you are, is a result and the fruit of their lives is you, that's us. And I'm just telling you, it, it, is, it is the time. It's not coincidence. We had a Lions Man event this weekend with a bunch of fired up fellas and ladies. Gotta get fired up, bunch of fired up ladies doing amazing women's ministry. Okay, but this culmination of all those things equals takeover. Let me pray, 
Let's have a great service. God, I thank you for who you are. Oh, God, thank you for an amazing church. God, I thank you that you are building this church. God, we thank you for men and women that are full of your spirit. And because of that, nothing's impossible. God, I speak a blessing over Pastor Jason and Pastor Erica. God, I thank you for their kids and their kids' kids and the legacy of Jesus that flows through them. And I thank you that this house is the fruit of that. God, I thank you that you are softening the soil of our heart right now. Thank you for an amazing service, an amazing time, and that we take this with us into absolutely every facet of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Come on now, let's go. High five, chest bump, punch a guy in the gut. Whatever you want to do, do that and then have a seat. Let's go. Come on. There's like three guys that just went to the bathroom because somebody actually punched them, which is great. It's all good. Suck it up, buttercup, and get back in here, okay? It's all good. Let's work some abs so we can take some punches in the church house, you know? Work a little core. Uh, I do want to thank you, Pastor Jason mentioned it, but I work with World Compassion. I was on staff there for a long time. I'm on the board, and we work in hostile countries, and we work through the local church in those countries. So it's cool, okay? If, if you know, you know it's, it's funny I'm saying it, but it's kind of got a little, little James Bond, Navy SEAL vibe to it because we smuggle Bibles into places like Iran, we work in the underground church in China. And what your church did is facilitate the church in those other countries. We're helping young entrepreneurial Christians in Iraq restart businesses as refugees so that they can stay in Iraq and be the Christians that that country's needed. We help plant churches in Cuba. So there's certain countries we work in, certain projects per country, but it's all through the local church, which makes it sustainable. So from me to you, on behalf of World Compassion, I do want to say thank you for giving. Thank you for believing, just trusting your pastor to say, hey, this is something we're going to give to, and we want to continue to kind of keep that in front of you because the fruit of that really is amazing. It, 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 it's got this kind of a vibe. We were in, in China right before the pandemic when it got crazy um, with a whole bunch of, it was 120 pastors that represented 4 million people because of the systems that they have in their country to get out the information. And we were in a storage unit and had to meet at 7 a.m. because it was gonna be 120 degrees outside, which meant 140 degrees in said storage unit, okay? So me and a bunch of sweaty Chinese guys just getting after it, okay? It was, it was great. And you've never seen, they would have stations of police officers for miles, uh, stations of their Christians to give a heads up if the police were coming to take all of them to jail and blacklist us from the country. But in that, I'm like, guys, we should really be quiet. I mean, Jesus, I mean, fired up, knowing what was on the line, knowing what was at stake, serving Jesus. And I just want to give you a glimpse of that because that's what you help facilitate through this church here, impacting China, impacting Iran, impacting Iraq. That's what you do. Pretty fun. I live in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. I brought my, my best buddy, it's my, my hunting buddy, and we had daughters on the same day, Josh Turpin, good friend of mine. You wanna wave at him, Turp? Just a, hey, push-up contest later, foot race, whatever you wanna do with Josh, he's, he's game. Uh, 
I've got, I have four kids. We went ahead and had three girls first. I don't know that I'd recommend that, right? We, we believed every woman was a boy. And it's like, okay, God, what are you doing here? You know, what's the, what message are you sending us? This is not a, you know, so had three girls that are unbelievable. And then our fourth uh, was a son. His name is Grayson Braveheart. So that's just how he rolls. He is headbutting somebody right now. He's not on a brick. He's doing all the three-year-old things uh, and is great. So from my family to yours, great to meet you. Um, I was on staff at a church called Guts Church for 15 years. And right now you're thinking, what does that stand for? There's gotta be some catchy acronym and there is not, okay? If it's, uh, <laughs> I've thought of a few, none of them really work, uh, but it takes guts to live for Jesus. And that's kind of my spiritual heritage is, is coming up in that church as a young man and that's, that's what I hope to bring here this morning is that simple mindset. Man, it's gonna take some guts to do what we know God is asking of us. Amen. And the title of the message today is Become Dangerous. Amen. So it's kind of fun. We've got some lions on the screen and I would venture to say some lions on the stage. Holler at me, worship team. Okay, so all good. And, and, but here's the, the reality of this. What the world is looking for is somebody to follow. And, and the trick is, the problem is, they're following what they see on screens, they're following what we are reading, they're, so they're looking. And I say, we are and are constantly becoming the church that's dangerous. Because from there, we can lead amazing families, and from there, we can impact communities, and we can build great businesses, and we can do all the things that God's put in our hearts to do but it's going to require something of us. And so, so what I believe is that we're on a path, we're on a journey to be that, and it's gonna require three things, and that's where we're gonna to go today. It's gonna to require our submission. It's gonna, and, and everybody's like, oh, okay, I'm waiting for the second one, okay? That's a rough start, partner, right? Okay, it's gonna require submission. It's gonna require focus, and it's gonna require us to check our posture in this. So I'm, I'm excited to, dive into the word with you, and I, I do thank you for the opportunity to be here. Definition, definition I like of authority is simply the power to influence or command. If we're gonna be dangerous people with a legitimate impact and influence, we're gonna operate in a God-given authority. You as a person may have some of that naturally. You might have that because of a position that you hold. But I'm talking about a God-centered authority that we get to walk in, that authority in your marriage, that authority in your finances, that authority as you lead your home, that authority in your mindset, that authority with friends and people that you're around, let's operate in that. It is God's design for us to operate in authority in everything that we do. Not like, well, I'm naturally good at this, stop that. I'm not talking about the natural. Man, let's walk in authority in every area of our life because that is God's will for us. So, number one, our submission activates God's authority. And I'm, I'm gonna go this far. I'm gonna say the level of your submission will determine the level of your authority. And how, how much of this are you willing to submit? The Bible's pretty clear. It says we're limited by our own affections. So man, what do we have in front of or in place of God that we're not submitting yet? It's like, man, it's crazy. I don't get to walk in authority in this area. Show me your submission. Man, where's your heart when it comes to submission to this house? 
I will serve when it's convenient. That's not submission. Man, I'm going to be a Christian when I'm around other Christians because then it's fun and we get to sing and dance together. Stop it. Man, I'm submitted to God. He, he sent Jesus to die on the cross for me, so I am submitted to him. But here's what's amazing. Now I get to walk in that level of authority. Your pastors are submitted. Talk to them for a little bit. It's like, no, this is what God's speaking to me. This is what I'm willing to sacrifice to grow this church. So no wonder they're walking in the level of authority that they're walking in. Let's look at Luke 7. I got a feeling you know this passage. You have heard this passage. I love diving into this. Because you know what we're going to do? We're going to submit to God. We're going to submit to our pastors, and we're going to kill some pride. Man, God resists the proud, but he gives his grace, his supernatural ability to the humble. Luke 7. After Jesus finished giving revelation to people on the hillside, that was the Sermon on the Mount. He, he basically just preached maybe the greatest message ever preached. He did that, and then he's just doing Jesus stuff. He, he's rolling. He went on to Capernaum, and a Roman military captain, which means it would have been a centurion leading about 100 people. He had a beloved servant whom he valued highly, who was sick to the point of death. When the captain heard Jesus was in the city, he sent some respected Jewish elders to plead with them to come and heal his dying servant. So they came to Jesus and said, hey, this Roman captain's a wonderful man. If anyone deserves a visit from you, it's him. Please come to his home and heal his servant. He loves the Jewish people. He even built our meeting hall for us. This Roman centurion, out of his own money, facilitated and built a synagogue so the Jews could worship. So of course... When he comes to these guys and said, hey, do me a solid. And here's what's amazing about this guy. It wasn't even for him. I've got a servant that's not doing well. I'm a Roman. I'm hoping that what I've done for you gets a little bit of credit. Would you mind on my behalf, on my servant's behalf, asking Jesus to do us a favor? Pretty interesting who this guy is. So Jesus being Jesus said, yeah, let's roll. It's not like a big, like, well, tell me more about the centurion, or is the servant cool, or none of that. No, just, wait, somebody needs healing? That's why I'm on this planet. Let's go do that. Jesus started off, but on his way there, some other friends of the captain stopped him and delivered this message. Messiah, don't bother coming to me in person. I'm not good enough for you to enter my home. I'm not even worthy to meet one like you. But if you would just speak the word of healing from right where you are. I know that my servant will be healed. Listen, I am an ordinary man. I'm just curious, any ordinary men in here today, just kind of a, do you, do you think, it's like, man, I, I, I have made mistakes. I have done things I shouldn't do. There's things that are hard for me that maybe shouldn't be hard. I thought I'd be further along in my life. I am an ordinary man. He's leading with that. Yet I understand the power of authority. And I see that authority operating through you. See, if he would have led with, I'm a big deal. Here's what I did for your people. You owe me one. I deserve this. See, see, pride wants to say I deserve this. But the trick is then pride's looking for comfort. Pride's looking for the easy way out. I, I think I deserve this, so you should come here. No, no, no. 
I'm an ordinary man. I don't even deserve to come say it to you in person. But because I operate from that place of humility, I can recognize authority. And here's what's cool. Because we live on this side of Jesus ascending, see, he sent some representatives. What we do is we send our prayer. God, I'm asking this of you. And I'm not coming in saying, hey, I read my Bible this morning, so I deserve it. Do you remember, I, I go to the early service, Jesus. Do you know what time? I had to wake up at 8.45 to get here by 9.15. Do you understand that? I deserve a breakthrough today. Stop it. I'm an ordinary man, but I understand authority. I'm a man under authority, so I walk in authority. Verse eight, I have soldiers under me who obey everything I command. I also have authorities over me whom I likewise obey. So master, just speak the word and healing will flow. Verse nine, Jesus marveled at this. Shoot. How about that? This Roman centurion speaking through other people. I'm a man under authority, but that means I understand authority. The, the, the men in here that have served, we understand the concept of authority. If you've been on a sports team, you understand the hierarchy of a head coach and a, and a coordinator and a, and a position coach. And I do, I do, I work up. But what I wanna challenge us with today, because I desperately want us as Christians to become dangerous. We have to submit so that authority can be ours. I am submitted so I operate from a place of authority. See, see we, we have a democratic mindset and that taints our ability to understand authority. We think we show up and just get an opinion on everything. It's not how it works. They did a study on millennials. It was like 68% thought their first day they should be in the leadership meetings because they had something to say about it. And all the millennials said amen, right? It's like, oh yeah, of course, yeah, heck yeah. Wait, I should tell my boss that. That's a stat, right? I got stat, don't do that. You know what they say about stats, right? It's gotta. So, so he's making Jesus marvel because he has an understanding of this. And I just want us to, to start here and to grab this today. Man, where are you not submitted? Man, at, at your job. You might want to be the CEO someday, but you're not. Are you submitted there? Man, what's it, what's it look like with you and God right now? What areas have you chosen to not submit? Because here's what's amazing. Submission simplifies everything. See, there's, there's amazing generals that are generals today because one day they were a private. All they had to do, is they had no other choice but to submit. You level up a little bit, man, I'm a, I'm a captain. Okay, I like that, okay. Now I'm a colonel. That colonel is reporting to somebody above them and that's the only reason that they get to walk in authority. See, we want a seat at the table, but there wouldn't be a table without the people that came before us and created the table. We submit, and it, it activates authority. Where do you need authority in your life? Man, let's think about that. What, what, what's on the line here? What's necessary for you to abide and walk in that? What's not what it should be right now? We need another level of submission. See, see, if we walked outside right now, we'd look around and you could see that area, cool area. 
Love the location of the church. And we could, we could walk out and see the parking lot. We could see this front side of this block. But what we would need to do is elevate our altitude to get a different perspective. We get up on top of the church house. Now I can see the area a little bit. It's like, oh, well, there's a stop sign over there. Okay. Oh, that's my favorite restaurant. Let's go there after church. Love that. Okay, what about, so, so that's that perspective. That's that altitude. Helicopter. Boy, now I'm seeing a chunk of the city. Right? Boy, well, this is different. My perspective has changed because my altitude has changed. We get a little 747. We're going we're gonna to fly back to Tulsa later, and we're seeing blocks and counties, and everything looks like little squares. Very different perspective. See, sometimes we don't recognize the altitude that we're currently at. And we're not giving credit to the altitude of the people that are above us. Our pastors are seeing from a different altitude right now. And you have an opinion about the song set, and they're trying to change the country. I hate, to, I hate to help you guys so much today. I'm just, I'm, I'm just up here preaching for the worship team today. It's crazy. That's why I'm in Utah. It's great. Recognize your current altitude. Submit to somebody that has that. Man, man, pastor, I recognize that you're seeing a bigger picture. God has given you a vision larger than the one that I can currently see. I submit to that. God, oh, you, you, you create, you're the author and the finisher. You are operating at a different altitude. God, I trust you. This is not the timing that I would have chosen, but I trust it. I'm submitted. And because of that, I get it activates the authority. See, the reason that Jesus had that power to heal is because of his submission. It's like, whoa, whoa, it's Jesus. Yes. And every single day, man, we, we, Pastor Tim was great. Man, 30 years of Jesus when nobody saw him putting in work, talking to God. The disciples would wake up every day looking for Jesus. Where is he? I don't know. With God getting filled up, submitting so he could actually go and heal the blind that day. Where are you submitted and where are you not? Let that determine the authority in those areas. Number two, focus dictates the flow of your authority. I don't know that I had made this correlation until studying this recently. But I do believe if you commit to and focus on something, you can become an authority in that field. You may not know this, I'm a little bit of an authority on the Mexican food situation in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I dabble, okay? I can, I can tell you about the salt content on chips at certain restaurants. No, no, you don't wanna go there, too much salt. You want to talk about the texture of the fajita meat? I got you. White queso, yellow queso. I got, I am an authority on Mexican food in Tulsa, Oklahoma, okay? Is that going to change the world? I don't know, but I'll tell you why. I can, I can give you an opinion, okay? I'm a Yelper. I'm not a Yelper, but some people love the Yelp. It's all good. We've got a chiropractor buddy who, who, who studied that field. This makes sense in the, in the medical field. You study that field, you become an authority in that field of medicine. I go to this chiropractor, you guys should fly down to Tulsa. He will literally, he'll be like, oh, your, your knee hurts? And that sucker starts doing stuff like this. He's like, Tap. I'm like, whoa. I said, he goes, well, you watch what happens. He's tapping my head, he's rubbing my nose. He's doing all kinds of, all of a sudden, it's like, wait a minute. Healed, and then, I mean, it's shocking. There's no way. I got a little tingle on my heel, and he's stumping me in the forehead. Stop it, I love it, do it some more, it's great, okay? But it's crazy. He's an authority in the field of medicine. He has studied that. 
He has focused on that and become an authority. So, so again, I want you to ask yourself the question, where do I need more authority? I, I, want you, I want you to look close. I want you to look at you. I want you to look at your family. Man, I need some more authority with my kids right now. Let me tell you what they need. Your focus. I'm going to activate the flow of authority in my life because I'm focusing on that kid. We, we've got, I've got an 11-year-old daughter with estrogen flowing through her veins right now. She's about to erupt as a young teenager. She needs my focus. She needs a father's authority in her life. The tighter your focus, the weaker the distraction. I hate to quote the Patriot because I'm a Braveheart guy, but aim small, miss small. Okay, all good, okay. But, but think about that. What you focus on will get larger, right? So, so I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm loving you guys and I'm, I'm talking to the crowd and all of a sudden this gets in my view and that is literally all I can see. This, this bottle that is meaningless has gotten my focus and now it has my full attention. So sometimes we're just focused on the wrong thing. We're unleashing authority on a bottle of water instead of communicating to people that need it. What has your focus right now? Let, let, let's talk water for a minute. I want you to dive into Matthew 12 or 14, 24. A lot of times we're living a distracted life without a, dis, a disciplined focus. This is, this is an interesting moment in the New Testament just because of the, the context. The morning that this verse takes place is when Jesus found out that his cousin John the Baptist had been beheaded. That's a, that's a bad day. Like some of you got, we're, we're, we're doing prayer requests. It's like, hey, I found some bad news today. Okay. I love that the Bible doesn't sugarcoat stuff. It's like, hey, Jesus had some bad days. His cousin had his head chopped off and he found that out and it hit him. So he goes to get away a little bit. He's like, he's processing that. He's taking it to God. He's submitting it to God so he can walk in authority over his emotions. And while he's doing that, a crowd gathers. Jesus. Moved with compassion, hooks up with the crowd. That's where the story of the 5,000, feeding the 5,000 takes place. It's a big day. Got some bad news. Submitted it to God. Healing and, 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 and ministry flowed because of that. And so he tells his guys, he goes, hey, been a big day. You guys get a head start. Start crossing the body of water. I'll meet you there. Classic Jesus, right? Like, <laughs> I'll meet you over there without a boat. I got you, okay? So... Okay, JC, you're going to do your thing again, right? So Matthew, Matthew 14. Meanwhile, this is great. Also classic disciples, okay? The disciples were in trouble. What do you know? The disciples are in trouble again, okay? Like, you're all fishermen, and every time you get in a boat, you get in trouble. It's nuts. No wonder they can't catch fish. They can't even keep the boat afloat, right? Like, they needed Jesus. We need Jesus. They're in trouble far away from the land. A strong wind had risen and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came towards them walking on the water. The disciples saw him. They were terrified. So great. Ah, it's a ghost, right? Like of all the <laughs> disciples. Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. Peter calls to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. The Chris Hart take on this? There were other ways to determine if it was Jesus or not. <laughs> Jesus, 
do you know that random birthmark? Where is it, right? Like, you, like, you know, like, do I, do I like chili dogs or regular hot dogs? You know me, Jesus, right? No, he's like, hey, if it's really you, you tell me to walk on the water. How about Peter? Jesus, being Jesus, come on. Didn't, didn't hesitate, wasn't like, Peter, that's a terrible idea. None of that. Come on, I'm gonna prove it's me. I'm gonna be Jesus to you right now because you need the proof. So Peter, it's great, went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. Just for a quick second, I want you to think about needing Jesus. Because sometimes it's, it's desperate. And you might be there right now. So you're like, yeah, I need it. I need it now. I am in that situation. But some of us, it's been a minute. And you needed him. And he responded because that's what he does. He immediately grabbed Peter's hand. It's what he always does. That's his character. He doesn't change. But, I, but I, sometimes it's, it's healthy for us to remember. Oh, yeah. Well, I needed him. And he responded because that's who he is. I, I like the mental picture that even though this didn't go as planned, it's pretty amazing that it's Peter and Jesus out there on the water and all the other disciples are in the boat. And I would challenge you this morning, be the one that gets out on the water. And here's what's amazing. When his focus was on Jesus, he defied the laws of physics. When his focus was on Jesus, he had authority over nature. When his focus went off of Jesus, when he allowed there to be distraction, he sunk. The winds and the waves were always there. The wind and the waves were there when he got out on the water in the first place. But he wasn't giving them any attention. He was giving Jesus his focus in spite of the wind and the waves. So now he's distracted and he sinks. But even in that moment, even in the failure, even in the lack of focus, even in deterring his attention from Jesus, Jesus does what he does and he grabs his hand and now they're both standing on the water. Peter gets back in the boat and he's like, oh, little faith. Ye of little faith. I'm thinking, pretty big faith to take the step, right, bro? <laughs> he did the water thing, you know what I mean? I just did something no human has ever done. Little faith, Peter, you know what I mean? It's got to, right? <laughs> but here's what's great. Little faith there doesn't mean like little like this. It's a lack of endurance. Come oh, come on. That's a good point, Pastor. Okay, so is your endurance there? How about, how about, some, how about some endurance for your focus? Oh, man. Man, we can give something attention a little bit. You used to do that with your girlfriend. Now she's your wife. Stop it. Wait a minute. She had your full focus because you wanted to walk in authority and seal the deal. A lot of you outkicked your coverage. You had to give good focus. Where's the focus right now? Mm. That's a good point. Come on. Okay. 
So I just want you to continually self-inspect and think about what needs the authority in my life because I need to give it my focus. Man, I, man, we've changed. You better be changing. You're, you're developing. We're constantly changing. We're changing into the image of Christ. They're going to be different than when you got first got married. It needs our focus now in the midst of the change so that we can operate in authority and actually set a tone for marriages in America. How about that? See, Jesus didn't change in that situation. Peter did. It's like, God, where are you? You're the one that changed. We're, we're the ones that have lost focus. We're, we're, we're the ones that didn't stay at attention. Jesus was still there ready. You just keep coming to me, partner. This, this will be great for you if you will keep going. I will be here. Jesus will be steady for you. The same yesterday, today, and forever. He's not flinching. The pandemic didn't freak out Jesus. Like he, he has been there. Where's my business in the midst of this? Jesus is still there. I will keep my focus. Number three, check your posture. I mean, if you guys made a funny decision, there's, there's a group of us that get up at, at five in the morning every morning, Monday to Friday. And we do something different every morning. We work out a couple times a week. We play ultimate Frisbee in the dark a couple times a week. We used to not have a glow-in-the-dark Frisbee, just hit you in the mouth every time, okay? Now, <laughs> this is a great idea, right? You just kind of catching it. Then we upgraded. It was like, a, it was the best $20 any of us ever spent. This glow in the dark. Now we can, so it's great. And then what we do on the third day is we started doing jujitsu. Okay. So I know some of you guys are eyeing me right now. It's like, I could probably, you can't take me. I've been doing this for like six weeks. So I'm, I'm a, I'm not even a white belt yet. Okay. It's, it's great. But so it's amazing. There's a lot of life lessons that, that we learn in it. It's hard. It's difficult. I mean, I get choked out every day. It's great. Like just all the, can't talk to my kids. Like I got choked out, you know, so. But I, I try to finish by wrestling the instructor every time to get better, okay? He's salty. He is a salty cat. I mean, he, uh, you guys want to talk later. I'll tell you some funny stories about our coach, okay? So a couple weeks ago, I'm wrestling him to finish, I'm exhausted. I have nothing left because we've already done this for an hour and now I'm fighting the baddest dude in the gym. And I actually got him in a good, in, in, in a good spot for me. I'm on top of him, but he looked at me and he goes, hey, this is, this is good. It's better than me being choked out. That's all I'm thinking, right? <laughs> this is better than usual, okay? But he looks at me, I'm, I'm on top of him. And he goes, hey, I can't really hurt you right now, but you really can't hurt me either. I said, okay. He goes, you need to fight for the next position to become dangerous again. I'm exhausted. Some of you are exhausted. But you're not in the right position or the right posture to actually be dangerous right now. What we need is a refreshing from God. What we need is a submission to God. We need to get our focus back on God so that we can have a renewed energy to fight for the next position. So, so I do, I'm, I'm working at it. I'm getting after it. I'm, I'm trying that. And he goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. You've got to get in the right posture to actually choke me out. I changed my position, but my posture had to be right to actually do what I was supposed to do. This is what I'm believing for for you as a church. 
Because I think there's two postures that we have to get good at. So this is what I, I'm praying for you. It's interesting, we went here, we touched on this a little bit yesterday in the men's event. But we've gotta be great at a posture of receiving. Yeah, that's, good. that's where the refreshing takes place. That, that, that's where there really is. It's like, God, I am humbled before you. I cannot do this without you. I need your supernatural ability in and flowing through my life. God, I want to raise great kids. I need to receive from you. God, I am believing that this business actually works because I put everything into it. God, I need better friends. God, I need to receive from you. I put myself in a posture to receive. And the only way we do that is by submitting. God, I'm submitted. I know who you are. I, I recognize how little I am. I'm submitted to you. And then here's the thing. I want this house to get good at the posture of attacking. It's funny when our, when our coach does that, like we'll be walking on the gym, he goes, hey. And he does it like just kind of just a cool, like he looks way cooler than me. He's just kind of, it's like that guy could kill somebody. He's bad. I mean, it's like, but, but think about for you, what's it look like to actually get in a posture of attacking? What is in front of you? What's God called you to do? What are you supposed to do that no one else is capable of doing? It's going to take faith. There are big, it's like, oh my gosh, I need there to be something to land on. But I'm going to attack. I have received. I have been filled up. The Spirit of God is living and active inside of me. I am refreshed. Of course, I, I, listen, I'm not afraid to go into bed tired at night. That means you got after it that day. Let's not get unhealthy, but it's okay to get after it and say, I'm going to wake up tomorrow and execute because there's people that need Jesus. There's business to be started. There's, there's ground to take for the kingdom. I have to be in attack mode. And I will be in that posture. Stuff is going to come at you. That's what's great about the Bible. It doesn't say, well, no, the wind and the waves hit both houses. One's built on the sand and one's built on the rock. I've been in a position of receiving, which means I'm on the rock. My posture's right. It, 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 listen, I, I am, we're choosing to do hard things on purpose because that activates the grace, that activates the favor. Last verse. Ephesians 3.20. I like how the Passion Translation says it. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. So what, what is all this for you? He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all, for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. I have been refreshed. I am ready to attack. So you know what that means? I'm going to make a big ask. If he's going to do infinitely more than my greatest request, I will be in a posture to ask for big things from God. We want to plant multiple campuses, okay? We want to change this entire region. Man, I got a business idea that could change the world. I got an idea on how to, how to feed babies in Guatemala. Love it, love it, love it, love it. Get your submission right. Get your focus on it. Unleash that authority. Man, now let's get in the right posture so we can receive and we can attack and actually fulfill the stuff that's in your heart. God put it in there in the first place. 
He created you. Now we respond like this. I'm submitted. I'm focused. And my posture is right. I will fulfill what I was born to do. Let's pray. God, we come to you humbly and full of confidence. God, I thank you for this house. I thank you for the well. I thank you for the vision of this place that you've put in amazing leaders' hearts. And God, I thank you for the vision you put in each of our hearts. And God, I just thank you for an energy. God, I thank you for a passion. God, I thank you for endurance. God, I pray right now for an endurance to our faith so that we can stay focused. God, I pray that we'd recognize distractions. We'd attack those distractions. We would eliminate those distractions so that we really can be the men and women you created us to be. Number one, you're in here today and you're like, listen, I like what you're saying, but my life's not right with God. I might've done this before, but I'm not living there right now. It's real simple. I'm not gonna embarrass you. I'm just gonna ask you, if your life's not right with God today, and you say, man, I wanna get my life right, I just ask you to raise your hand real quick. I'm gonna pray for you. We're gonna pray together. Good job, good job, good job, good job, good job. Come on. My life's not right with God. What that means to you, this might be the first, you're saying, hey, listen, for the first time, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make Jesus the Lord of my life. Love it. If it's a re-up, love it. But you know, man, my life's not where it needs to be with God. And right here, right now, I'm gonna get it right. Anybody else, just lift your hand up. Thank you, sir. Good job. Come on. Good job. Man. Second question. There's been a lack of focus. You just say, hey, listen, there's things I know that need my focus because I need to unleash that flow of authority. It might be in your family. It might be here at the church house. It might be a decision that you know needs to be made in your business. But you just say, okay, God, I need, I need a supernatural focus because I need that authority. If that's you, would you raise your hand? Oh yeah, a bunch of us. Thank you, God. Good job. God, I come before you this morning. I thank you for men and women that are willing to be honest with themselves and honest with you. God, I thank you right now, Father, that you are faithful. God, I thank you. I, I speak to that focus. I thank you for a supernatural ability to focus on what we need to focus on and eliminate distractions because, God, we're believing for your authority. And those of you that raised your hand and said, my life's not right with God, we're all gonna pray together. And I just want you to know you can grow in your faith in this house. That's a fact. So church, if you would, repeat after me. Dear God, I give you my life. Every part of it. I hold nothing back. God, I'm all in. I'm gonna live for you, free from sin. I will never smell the sin of hell. I'm a believer. I'm a Christian. And I go after God. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, church, let's go.